Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 101 of Otaku Brothers New Beginnings, my friends. My name is Rusty, and today I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. What's going on? Not much. I am uh, somewhat sleepy. I was jamming out to the classics, some uh, Avril Lavigne. Oh, hell yeah! Some uh, Paramore, some Fallout Boys. You know, boys like girls, girls like boys. Uh, I think all that's... of those jams. Okay. Yeah, I, I forgot how long and like floopy everyone's hair was back in the day like it was like extended justin bieber baby time kind of like hair yeah i think we were all part of that movement at some point did you ever have long like emo hair did you ever rock that uh i wouldn't say emo i definitely had the beatles you know uh kind of mushroom head cut looking deal okay with my abercrombie shirt in seventh grade did you did you use Abercrombie? Did I use it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, did you inject? <laughs> I was a user of Abercrombie and Hollister back in the day. <laughs> I think I had one Hollister shirt. It was always like I feel like you had to quarantine after you went into like a Hollister store. Yeah, because you like, smelled. Yeah, like you, you reeked just, of the cologne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I really didn't have a whole lot of the Hollister. Uh, if, if I were to shop anywhere, even though I didn't do it consistently, because I felt like it was the more affordable of the bunch, was American Eagle. Yeah. I, I think there was a hierarchy to, like, the bullshit clothes that you had in middle school. Or, yeah. I think it was more middle school thing. Um, so it was Abercrombie mm-hmm. with their crazy CEO, and then you had Hollister, and then American Eagle. Yeah, and I was more of a Coles kid. I was too. Yeah. Yeah. Like discounts and shit, get some coupons going. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really Cole's big cash. into the whole fashion stuff, and even today as an adult, I'm really not a very fashionable person. But uh, I have my style. I, you know, I'm kind of like a cartoon character, uh, kind of like Hey Arnold. You look in my closet, you're gonna find about ten V-necks. Eighty percent of them are gonna be black, and I have about five pairs of dark jeans. Nice. Did you, do you ever have Uggs? No, I did not have those. Or Crocs? Nope. I definitely had Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those. Yeah. Well, this is the Otaku Brothers. Yeah, we talk about games and clothes from the like early 2000s. Oh, yeah. And we have a really fun show. People are probably wondering if you're in our Discord, shouldn't there be another certain someone on the show today? You guys kind of teased it the past couple of weeks. And uh, unfortunately, no, we were supposed to be joined by good friend of the show, Nintai. But uh, he had some real life stuff come up last minute. Nothing serious, but he just couldn't make the show, so we're definitely hoping to have him on in uh, the next few weeks or months, and uh, yeah, because he's a great personality, and I would love to have him on the show. So, Nintai, holler at us when you're ready. We'd love to have you on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I think he flew away with his dragony wings, and he had to take care of the eggs at the nest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just don't know what kind of schedule that guy's got yeah. going on, so hopefully in a couple months, you know, things settle down, and, and we can have him on. Yeah. But... That doesn't mean we're going to be stopping with our uh, planned topics of discussion today, Ryan. We have three episodes that the listeners of Otaku Brothers can always count on, right? You know what they are? Uh, yeah, games of the year, our favorite games, and uh, 
favorite bands of 2011. <laughs> so close. You know, I would say uh, favorite games of the year and best games are probably the same segment. But we probably cover both of those things on the same episode. Oh, most atis- Yeah, probably. Yeah, so we do the Otaku Brothers Christmas special every year, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. We do our favorite games of the year and then we do the most anticipated games of the year. And so we will be talking at the back half of the show our top 10, because everyone loves, loves lists, right? Yes, we love lists. We're going to be talking about our top 10 most anticipated games of 2021. We're also going to be kind of digging deep into what of our some of our gaming goals, whether it's focusing on the backlog, playing less, having a more focused list of games that we want to play. We'll be getting into all of that fun stuff. But as we always do, Ryan, just kind of checking in. How's life going for you? Life is life. I did, this week was a blur for me. I, I don't really remember most of this week. Whoa. Yeah. No, it's just the days are kind of blending together. Um, we, I, it was two weeks ago that I was on shutdown for like a week and a half for Christmas and that. And I don't know. This this year doesn't feel any different than last year. And I'm, I'm ready for change. I think we could all use a little bit of change in our life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I want to change is probably my work situation. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's been clear over the last like 400 episodes or whatever, <laughs> but my work is somewhat stressful. Um, case in point, I have a 12:30 uh, a.m. call to Japan this evening or tomorrow morning to Holy going until 1:30. Dude, I'll be working on my platinum trophy game at that time. <laughs> yeah, trying to one up Blink. He's getting closer, by the way. Yeah, because he has like 3,946 games. So, yeah, completed so. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that's how many platinum trophies yeah. Blink has. So, we yeah, I, I think that's the biggest one. Um, what are your goals for 2021 oh, as mean, a human being? As a human being, yeah, I guess we'll get into our game-specific ones at the tail end of the show. They're really simple. I mean, especially with the house, just continuing to uh, focus on the house projects, making sure that that's a top priority, spending lots of time with Lauren and Scoob, I think, even though we were locked in a one-bedroom apartment last year, we probably should have gotten closer, which I think we certainly did. And we had basically zero arguments. We just, the more, I think Laura and I's relationship is often founded upon sar- sarcasm. Yes. And so as long as we're constantly giving each other shit, then we're probably <laughs> yeah. really yeah. solid. And we yeah. did a lot of that in 2020, and that's going to continue this year. But uh, yeah, I think one of the coolest things is, especially in 2020, was that seeing Lauren's Instagram account take off. Yeah. And in so doing, really see her love of video games um, kind of evolving, you know, not to just the games that she played growing up with you, but even extending further into like the indie scene and games that I wouldn't otherwise play. But for the number of times I I walk down scare- stairs or I come to bed and she's still playing the Switch and I'm like, oh, what are you playing? And it's seemingly always a different game. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, there was a... It's kind of like me where she goes and gets the mail and she sees an eBay package show up. And she's like, Rusty, not another eBay package. (laughs) But I'm always like, but there was a sale. And then now when she has another eShop game on the Switch that she's playing, I'm like, Lauren, you bought another game on the Switch? She's like, but there was a sale. And it's kind of just this back and forth fun game. So, uh yeah, all of that to say in terms of like personal goals, I think Lauren and I just hanging out more, doing some co-op stuff as it relates to games and uh, to the best of our ability, just getting outside more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, gosh, I haven't worked out or really gotten any kind of exercise and I can't tell you the last time I did that. And so, yeah, yeah, I think going into next year, just trying to get outdoors more, not necessarily going to where there's large numbers of people or group gatherings, but finding some good places to hike with Scoob and 
just kind of getting yeah. outside, getting more sunshine. Get we some could, more vitamin D. Yeah, we could all use the vitamin D. I, I so. know seasonal depression is a thing for me for sure. And uh, gray skies and indoors are definitely not the solution. So Yes, it's extremely gray out snowing right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I think more than yeah. anything, just getting outdoors, hanging out with Lauren Moore and playing more video games. Very nice. So, yeah. pretty stupid simple. Yeah, getting closer by being further apart. You're in your <laughs> room up here, and she's downstairs in the oh, living room. Exactly. You yeah. gotta love it. You Whatever. gotta love it. Yeah. But any other life goals you have other than no, same thing. Kind of getting out more. Um, I mean, with COVID and my apartment being pretty much everything, work, re- relaxation, and sleep, and it, it just it's weird. And I don't know if like it's been what since like March of last year. It doesn't feel it. I can't. I can't get used to it. Yeah. No. It's definitely not getting any easier. Yeah. That's for sure. So hopefully we get over this COVID thing this year, mm-hmm. or maybe twenty twenty two or twenty three. Could you imagine? Like fuck. Like <laughs> one whole year of my life has been spent fucking living at home, working from home. Yeah. Like one one hundredth. I fuck. I'm not gonna live to hundred. Like one. 60th of my life yeah well i hope you make it past 60 yeah but me too that's just uh I, 100 was too long and 60 is too low so maybe 85 yeah and then i'll just jump off a cliff when whoa I start. okay let's bring things <laughs> it's back it's better to than sky suiting into like a middle school like math room or wing suiting because that was my original goal like what alzheimer's starts hitting and i'm just like the whole getting old thing like scares me. Like losing my mind slowly over like as it degenerates. And so for context for listeners, you're saying this because dementia runs in your family. Yes. Yeah. Um so my original plan back in high school was to like instead of skydiving, I've always liked wingsuiting. So like you're just gliding around mountains and stuff. But I want to glide over, like, through a middle school window while classes are going on and just explode on the classroom, like, chalkboard, if they, or smart board, in, like, a math class. So, yeah, I have 28 kids who hate math the rest of their lives. Dude, what the fuck did your parents feed you growing up? <laughs> Lots of chicken and rice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's bring this show back to earth. I don't even know what that meant, <laughs> what that means. But I, I've matured. And I've changed my mind. I'm just going to die slowly. Okay. Well, hopefully you have a video game controller in hand. Yeah, there's a... Uh, You're watching some Supernatural. I think there was like a 90 or like an 80s... Drinking some coffee? My word. <laughs> what is happening? No, I've had a lot of coffee today. There was like an 87-year-old like Japanese guy who was playing Dark Souls for the first time. And like he just laughs every time he says, you died. <laughs> that's going to be you. Yeah, that's going to definitely be me. Gosh, shoot for the stars, not for the ground. Yeah, Ryan. I'll be playing like Bloodborne Six, and like maybe Elden Ring will be out by then. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a, a serious stern talk after all this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, uh, anyways, let's uh, let's get to happier, better, fun things, and let's talk about as we always do in the Otaku Brothers podcast, the yes. games that we have been playing recently. Ryan, what have you been playing the past two weeks? Yeah, I um, I've kind of been in a real gaming funk. Um, I completed Dark Souls 1 Platinum, I think the last episode. And then after that, I don't know, I just, I haven't been feeling video games that much. Mm. Um, I, I got attacked in the, uh, the Discord by Blink, um, about not having all the shinies. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was throwing a bit of shade, so I, I got back on that train. 
So I I went from 24 left to 20. So I got four more. Wow. But the sad news is the global trade system that's in the game is pretty dead. Um, Can you shop on eBay for these things? Fuck, I wish. I'd pay $10 for the remaining 20 and just call it a day. <laughs> but I feel like that takes away the satisfaction a little bit. But I'm I'm hitting a low and I'm ready to pay for it. Yeah, I was about to say, it's about the thrill of the hunt. But at one point, yeah. you, know, you just call um, it. I mean, so I'm good. 700 out of 720, which is a huge milestone. Um, I mean, the next one will be in the teens, which is crazy to think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm doing that. The problem is there's shinies in each one of the things I'm looking for, but they're glitch shinies. Mm. So they would corrupt my game, and then I have to start over. Okay. So um, I've been doing that. I started, because uh, I've been watching Supernatural. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to power through that so I can check that off my box and I can play fun games. So I finished, I want to say over the last two weeks, three seasons of Supernatural. And you finished the show? Yes, I did. I finished the show maybe Monday or Tuesday, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah? Um, I like where it ended. Um, Season 15, it it felt like the later seasons of Lost, where the, the power creep of their enemies can only go so far before it's just... I mean, if you're battling, like, death... Yeah, you can only go so far where you're like just a regular human versus celestial beings. Well, I think at a certain point, Supernatural and certainly as it relates to Lost, it's been a long time since I've watched Supernatural. But ultimately, the thing you care most about are the characters and the relationships they share. Yeah, their arcs over the course of X number of seasons. I know for Lost season six, it was more about we just want to see the conclusion of these character arcs. We want them all to be in a good, satisfying place, which I felt overwhelmingly so that they were yeah and so what would you say about supernatural same thing hopefully yeah no i I think the the show's built on the brother relationship Mm -hmm. and it definitely ended in a really great place good it's good Um, to hear and then they had like a send-off to with all the cast there kind of thanking people over the last 15 years so it, it was really cool nice and then I didn't want to. I wanted to start a new show, but it's not one of those ones that I can play games in the background. I really have to pay attention. It was uh, was the guy in the high castle or something? man in the high castle? Yeah, man in the high castle. Um, a super uplifting show. Uh, we lost World War Two as being. I mean, America lost World War Two, and the Nazis kind of took over with Japan, mm-hmm. and they kind of split our country in half um, with a neutral zone. I got like three episodes in. It's that one's gonna be something where I. What are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm just shifting my uh, <laughs> my back was a little sore. Yeah, so I'm gonna probably start that one more seriously today, um, after the Browns game, and then I finished Lucifer season mm. five. I had two episodes left. A lot of TV watching. Yes, m- mainly TV. Um, just in the background, I was playing uh, Dark Souls. I started a DLC character. Because I've never fully completed the DLC. Mm, good stuff. So I beat, like, I think I've beaten everything on your account for the second DLC, and then I've never played the first DLC, which is like Sister Freed and some dude with a dog. Okay. So I killed the dude and I killed his dog. Whoa. <laughs> and then I went on to Sister Freed and her father, but I got fucked up. <laughs> so i uh i went to bed after that <laughs> so, uh, how, how are you doing as what you games? do in dark souls and blood it was rough like i mean 
I mean, for you not knowing that there's a three-phase fight, and then, like, you killed the first couple phases on your, like, third attempt, and then all of a sudden the third phase, you're like, shit. I'm... Yeah. It, it's a long fight. It is a long fight. But what about you? What have you been playing? Yeah, so I've kind of been bouncing around to a bunch of different games, just trying to figure out what I wanted to focus on as we kicked off the new year here. And one game that just sounded really right up my alley, super happy, go lucky, fun, was Sackboy A Big Adventure. Oh shit, uh, yeah, I totally got Sackboy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we can talk it's about it together here. But uh, definitely a great little platformer. I think one that we've talked about it, I think he was either on episode 99 or 100, that I think this would have been a far more fitting game to come out in like January or February to kind of kickstart PlayStation's new year because I think it was definitely overshadowed by games, specifically Astro's Playroom on the PlayStation 5's launch. But most people were probably buying Miles Morales (laughs) or Demon's Souls with their PlayStation 5. So, So that begs the question... We, I mean, we really liked that there were a lot of launch games for the PS5. Mm-hmm. Is it better not to have a lot of launch games? Because uh, games will overshadow games that could potentially be better than they were. Well, I think ultimately you need to strike a nice balance of genres at launch. Yeah. You know, you want, you know, inevitably there's going to be a Call of Duty or some type of first person shooter nowadays. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a, a, a handful of sports games, whether it's FIFA, Madden, or NBA 2K, things of that nature. But I think you also kind of want an open world action adventure type game like an Assassin's Creed, uh, like an Uncharted, like a Spider-Man Miles Morales in this instance, but also something a little bit more niche. You know, not that not everyone's going to get in on, but it does satisfy a pretty significant audience. And you have that in Demon's Souls. Yeah. Right. But then you also have something that's super charming that can get the kids in on the action. You know, something that's family friendly. You have that with, with Astro's Playroom. But also it caters to the longtime PlayStation fans because they're getting far more out of that than if a seven-year-old got a PlayStation 5 for Christmas and he plays it. For him, it's cute, it's fun, it's uh, it's relatively easy, all things considered, mm-hmm. but he doesn't understand all the little uh, nods to PlayStation back in the day. Yeah. And I think Sackboy also is that perfect family-friendly game, but I think you didn't need to double up on it. And I think for that reason, a lot of people probably are like, I don't need another game like this. Uh, and, and I can't speak for everyone. I'm sure there was a, a number of people that ended up getting Sackboy Big Adventure. But I think it would have been more successful if it came out in January, February. And then, you know, in a couple months, we got Cannon Bridge's Spirits. We got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Gran Turismo, a couple other games in the lineup as well. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, is Sackboy better than Astro? I know we talked about that earlier. I don't really think it's it's better necessarily. I certainly don't think it's less than. It's just a terrific 3D platformer. So overwhelmingly charming. Sackboy is just so damn cute. It offers so much replayability with the... Gosh, I don't even know how many different outfits you can buy in the yeah. game. There's five unique worlds. The level design is... Oh my gosh, it rivals some of the Mario, more recent Mario games. Yeah. I mean, and just the level of detail in each of those levels, when each one you're, you can probably beat in like anywhere from three to eight minutes, probably. And if you're just rushing through the levels, you're not going to see just the intricate detail in the world. And it's, the, it's, the music's amazing as oh, well. Yeah, the music's great. I mean, top to bottom, I just think this game is just a terrific 3D platformer. Again, not enough people played it. If you kind of have um, post-launch fatigue, not really sure what you want to play, even if you only have a PlayStation 4, I think this is the game you want to pick up to kind of satisfy that New Year's itch of what game to to kind of kick off a new year of games. Yeah, I completely agree. It's really good times. And, and also, they have uh, specific co-op levels that they built from the ground up. 
um, that you need a co-op buddy to play through. And so I think for that, you know, whether you're playing with a spouse, you're playing with your kid, or you're just playing with a buddy online, like like Blink and I were playing together, mm-hmm. it just uh, makes for a really great time. Yeah, it was. So you'll definitely have to play more Sackboy. Uh, I unlocked, of course, the final world. I need to collect more, I guess, star equivalent for people that have played Mario games to unlock those additional levels. But uh, my gosh, I think I've played the game for about 20 hours, and I still will have probably another 10 to 15 hours of content. Very nice. Yeah, I'm up to, I think, 22 total stars or orbs or whatever. Orbs of the abyss or orbs of creativity or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm trying to get to the first boss or demon soul. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> no, Lord Sac- of Cinder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's not in Sackboy, but you find some bosses that are close to him. Yeah. But- it's definitely not. I, I, I think it does way better than Yoshi's. Was it Yoshi's Crafted Tale or World? I think the past few Yoshi games haven't really done a whole lot for me. Um, there just wasn't a whole lot of. Um, Imagine imagination kind of breathed into those games. I mean, Yoshi's Yoshi's my boy. I, lo- I love Yoshi. Probably one of my favorite, if not favorite, Mario character uh, Nintendo characters. And I just haven't been very impressed with the more recent Yoshi games. Yeah. And I think Sackboy, if if you threw Yoshi in there as opposed to Sackboy, it would have felt right at home on the Switch, and it definitely would have been a really impressive showcase for uh, a Yoshi game. But it's neither here nor there. Sackboy's great, and it definitely. Uh, Plays really great on PlayStation. Yeah, you've been so. playing anything else? Yeah, I've been playing a couple different games. Um, making more progress in Tales of Asperia, one of my favorite JRPGs of the last generation. Well, gosh, it's crazy to think that was two generations ago now oh. on the Xbox 360. That is crazy to think. It's wild to think <laughs> about, but um, my it's gosh. It's like 40 generations of handheld Nintendo platforms. Yeah, something like that something like that but no tales of asperia man i i love that game it's an anime come to life wonderful cast of characters another great soundtrack and i feel like the battle system is so conducive to podcast gaming it's just a a, a treat to late at night if i'm not really feeling much just putting on uh some pete streams and enjoying some tales of asperia grinding so how many hours are you into your new save about eight or ten okay nothing too crazy yeah but I'm making more progress steadily uh, and surely because, as I said a couple of episodes back, I'm going to be doing a reunion podcast episode with Chronolink91, friends of the show, and Zach Archer of the Tarkaron podcast or Tarkaron show, however you want to label it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a nine-year reunion. Nine years ago, I think in March, we recorded a, a, a two-and-a-half-hour episode talking about that game. And we wanted to get the, the definitive edition, play through it, and revisit our thoughts uh, nine years later. It'll be a good time. So it should be fun. And then other than that, Ryan, there was a special game. You came over yesterday <laughs> yeah. and uh, yep. we played a little game called the Dark Pictures Man of Madon. This, of course, is part of a trilogy or anthology, I think, of games that um, is it Supermassive Games? Who the heck come out with this? I think Supermassive. If, if, I, I think that's right. If that's incorrect, uh, we're starting a new segment of the show called Chrono's Correction Corner. So anything we get wrong, either Chronolink91 himself or anyone else that listens to the show can get in our Discord, write us an email at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com, and uh, yeah, embarrass us, call us out, whatever we got wrong on the show, let us know, and we'll be sure to revisit it in the, the following episode. But, yeah, let us know if we don't like a game because the director's like avant-garde like style was not fully up front. 
when introducing the game. And he's talking about uh, Sam Raimi's um, whatever that horror movie was that we watched, and it wasn't, I don't even know what it was, but Sam Raimi, I can't remember his actual name. He, the director of the Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. God, what fucking movie was that? It doesn't matter. Drag Me to Hell is what it was called, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie was awful. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to the, the stuff here. The Dark Pictures, Man of Madon. You know, this game doesn't do anything spectacular. Graphically, I think it's actually really impressive. It is, yeah. But it's kind of the follow-up game to Until Dawn. And I think more recently, there was another one as well that came out. They're kind of just coming out. Um, I'm sure they developed these games kind of... In, side by side. Yeah, side by side. Now they're kind of just trickling them out. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of your your story-driven, player-choice-focused adventure where you have kind of a hand in directing all these characters' dialogue choices, things that they actually do in the game, whether you pick up a certain item, go down this uh, dark path versus that dark path, yep. and just a high level set the story. You kind of set the tone. You kind of start the game. It's set in World War II. You're playing as these two dudes. You get super intoxicated. You're kind of uh, stationed in China. You get back on your ship and being intoxicated, you're kind of out of sorts. You're, uh, these doctors are kind of operating on you or whatever. Not operating. They're just kind they're of sedating you. sedating you for some reason. And then when you wake up, uh, you realize that something has gone wrong. There's been kind of a an awakening of zombies or something like that. You're kind of navigating through the yeah. ship. Your buddy gets killed. Then this nasty like little demon child gives you a heart attack and you just croak on the ship and then you're introduced to the new cast of characters and then you're introduced <laughs> to kind of that teenage adventure where you all go out on some little merry thing and then you find yourself kind of in a uh, precarious situation yeah it was a ton of fun <laughs> it's so much fun and i think ryan and i it wasn't so much that um the game was that gripping, which it actually is. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm thoroughly invested in happened. it. But it was more our commentary over what was going on that I think was hilarious. Yeah, we were laughing at moments that shouldn't have been funny no, at all. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't played, certainly if you haven't played Until Dawn, I think that's um, a standout game of the PlayStation 4 generation. Definitely well worth playing. And it's, it's definitely a game, too, that it's a lot more fun when experienced with friends. Yeah. You know, I think I, I played agree. Until Dawn where... Ryan and Lauren maybe both were in the room, and then now it's fun to play this game with Ryan in the room, and during certain key decisions, I'll sometimes pause it, and Ryan and I will have this like 30-second conversation of like, do we do this or that? They die if we do this one. We're screwed if we do this one. <laughs> and what it, do we it say? really is like a chess game, because you're thinking three steps ahead, so it's like, if you say this, you know it's going to come back to haunt you when you're faced with that yeah. type of thing. Uh, so yeah, we've been really enjoying it and hopefully, you know, in the next week or so you can come back over and we can kind of just power through it because it's not one of those games that you want to come back to multiple times. You no. kind of want to just sit down and experience it all in one or two sittings. Do you know how long this story is? I, I would wager it's probably about five to eight hours. Okay. Not terrible. We played a few hours actually. Yeah. I would say we played about two, two and a half yesterday. Okay. Um, but yeah, Dark Pictures, Man of Madon. I don't think... I think that one was more well-received than the follow-up one that came out about two months ago with that kid that was in Meet the Millers and the third Narnia movie. Was he also in um, Revenant? Yes, that kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he was also in uh, Maze Runner as yeah, well. Yeah, he was. He yeah. was a bully. Yeah, so um, I don't think that one was received as well, but I'm really enjoying our time with Man of Madonna, and I'm sure I'll pick up 
anything that Supermassive Games does because I've always enjoyed uh, their kind of choice-driven adventures. Yeah, it's way more fun when you do all the button presses and I help make decisions because I am i don't like... QTEs. I, yeah, QTEs yeah. or horror games. Mm-hmm. And this one's better because it's kind of a good story, but, I mean, that eel scared the shit out of us. Oh, that was <laughs> pretty freaky. We literally yeah. peed ourselves. Yeah. So... Well, Ryan, unless you've played other games this week, I think we can probably get into the main topic of the show. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so as we said in the beginning, not only do we want to talk about our top 10 most anticipated games, we kind of want to get into the games we want to play in our backlog, some of the gaming goals that we might have, however focused or crazy they might be. And I know, Ryan, that I have a number of games that I want to play this year, and I kind of separated them into a number of different categories just for the fun of it. There was really no rhyme or reason to it. I was kind of just, uh, my mind was going down a rabbit hole and I figured, why not put it on paper? So, uh, but I know I had probably a little bit, a few more games than you had written down. (laughs) So why don't you share with the good people some of your gaming goals for the year and and some of the games you want to play? Yeah, sure. So I I have a few. I've downloaded a couple games on Switch. Um, So I downloaded both of the Ori games, The Blind Forest and The Will of the Wisp. Nice. Um, that's partially why I wanted to get through Supernatural, was I want to be fully immersed in those games because of the soundtrack and how emotional they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't want to have Supernatural in the background. Good man. Um, so I have those. I started Super Meat Boy. Um, oh, so Blink would be proud. Yes. I heard Blink was raving about it, so I wanted to start that one. It's a ton of fun. I got through the first 20 levels, and I'm at the first boss. Wow. So that one's a good time. Um, it's definitely challenging. Um, I, I have some, I guess, I've, I've played Celeste, so mm-hmm. I understand that some platformers are pretty difficult. But yeah, it, it's a good time. I want to finish that one. And then the last one kind of coming off of Super Neat Meat Boy is Sackboy. Oh, heck yeah. Um, so a little bit different, less challenging, but a good time. Um, and I've started that one. Uh, changing genres, I have Doom Eternal. Oh. I, I want to play the new Doom games. Um, they look like a lot of fun, um, kind of the same feeling as Sackboy as oh, yeah. far as violence totally, goes. Totally, thematically, for sure. Yeah. And then we, we started Shadow of the Colossus. We did a few yesterday, mm-hmm. um, but just weren't feeling it. I want to finish that game because that's it, it's amazing from what we've oh played. Oh my gosh, yeah. You're going to appreciate this one, Shadow of Mordor. It's about damn time, man. <laughs> yeah. I have it, and then I have Shadow of War as well, I believe. Yeah, you got it for free on PlayStation Plus. Yes, I paid too much. (laughs) And uh, so I want to play those. I couldn't get into it originally. Um, I I think the orcs just started taking over, and just one orc just kicked my ass like six times. It's a tough game. I mean, definitely it takes the Arkham fighting style to the nth degree with the counter system. And you really kind of have to get into a rhythm of it because otherwise, yeah, you're going to get wrecked. Yeah, it was just, I got stormed by like three captains and I couldn't do anything. So I want to do that one along with Dishonored. Oh my gosh. Now you're speaking my love language. (laughs) Well, I mean, looking at this year, you have Deathloop. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to play Deathloop, which is one of my honorable mentions, I want to play where it's come from. Yeah, in Deathloop, I mean, you're definitely going to see a lot of the, the, the shooting mechanics of something like that because... I don't think Machine Gun Machine Games is developing that. Maybe they are. I know Bethesda is publishing. But regardless, Dishonored, it is more story-focused. There's more to pay attention to, where Deathloop, I think, yeah. is going to be more multiplayer-focused. Okay. So Yeah. So Dishonored, and then you're going to appreciate this one as well, Final Fantasy 15. 
Okay, nice. Man, good stuff. You're yeah. playing the good games. I, I don't know which... I mean, I want to play a Final Fantasy. 13 would be the best place, but okay. Yeah, it's, it's 15, 13, or 7. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd want to... I know the remake's great, but I want to play the entire game to get the feeling. So I respect it, that. It might be hard to go back to the original. Um, the next one is Bug Snacks. Oh gosh, we're all talking about them. Yeah, so that one looks like a ton of fun. And then I started Near Automata as well. Ooh, I want to yeah. say last year. Times all it's a blur at this point. Mm-hmm. I got through the first like opening level, um, but that one's supposed to be a great game. Um, and then finish the shiny Pokedex. That's a good. That's, that's a good goal have, for yeah. this year. Um, and then the last one is Devil May Cry Five. Mm. Now, are you going to get the PS5 version or just settle on the PS4 one? You I got? bought the PS4 one, um, but we'll see. I think the PS5 is a free upgrade, right? Uh, I would hope it I is. I think it's PS Plus, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I think you get it free with the PS Plus collection. I don't think that's the case. Is it not? I'm pretty certain it's not the case because it was, I think, a launch title for the PlayStation 5. And so Mm. since they developed a separate game, I don't want to say with absolute certainty that it's a free upgrade. Okay. Well, then, no. I'll just use the uh, free one I already bought. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, those are all the games from my backlog. Um, I obviously have the games that I'm going to buy that are coming out this year, but -hmm. we'll talk about those a little later. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, I have a whole slew of games written down here. Last year, I, I took the approach of, you know, in January through February, I'm going to play these four games. And then March through May, I'm going to play these six games. And then June through July, I'm going to play these four. And it's one of those things that you never know what type of mood you're going to be in to play games. Yeah. And I know for me, the lesson that I learned last year is trying to shoehorn games in regardless of my mood is just not the way I need to be playing video games. Listen to your heart, people, right? There was a great banger of a song back in sixth grade called Listen to Your Heart. And I think it still rings true to your heart. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what I meant. Pictures of you. (laughs) (laughs) Pictures of me. No, I think you're thinking of two different songs there, Ryan. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Yeah, but listen to your heart, people. So, so yeah, I have a whole list of games here that I want to play. They're all games that I have some semblance of interest in playing now, so I'm sure over the next 12 months, they're games that I hopefully can knock out. And a lot of this is because, you know, I was very fortunate to get the PlayStation 5, and it seems like we're going to have a number of great games coming out this year, but I still want to focus on the backlog before I add more games to the game shelf over there. And so, here's kind of what I have. I call this the blockbuster backlog, right? Very because nice. a lot of these are blockbuster games, AAA games, some under the radar, but uh, definitely games that I want to focus on going into this new year. And three of which are kind of games that I labeled or had an asterisk next to that I want to play with you. Aww. All right. So the first one is Dark Pictures Anthology Man of Madon. Okay, the one we're playing. Something yeah. we're already doing right now. Um, another one is Death Stranding. Yes. Because I feel like that game, it hit a lot of great notes during the the 10 hours that I played it. Uh, For the most part, I think it's relatively relaxing, Mm -hmm. uh, very satisfying when you kind of get to that next story beat and a great licensed song ends up playing. But I feel like it'd be even better to experience some of those emotional story beats with another person. Yeah. And so... My better half, Ryan. Why yes. wouldn't you know? Why wouldn't you just <laughs> pop on the uh, the couch next to me and play that game? So that's what I hope to play. I know it's such a departure from what Kojima is known for. I mean, it's it's still crazy and over the top and wild. 
and nuanced, uh, as most of Kojima's games are, but it's one that, I don't know, I, I so badly want to check that off the backlog list. Yeah, I want to know what happens. For sure. So. And I don't want to just watch a YouTube video to see. I really want to discover it for myself in the game. So hopefully you and I can um, pick Death Stranding back up at some point in the year. And then the third with Ryan game is Hitman. Okay. So kind of this new trilogy. I think three actually comes out next week. A uh, lot of hype and anticipation surrounding that game specifically, but really just this trilogy is so beloved, coming away from what I would deem a relatively underwhelming um, wrap up or finish to the Hitman series back on the Xbox 360 generation with Absolution okay. really didn't um, click with me. Uh, Hitman Blood Money is still probably my favorite Hitman game of all time to this point. Although I really didn't play the first few games um, on the PS2. I think Silent Assassin and Contracts or whatever the subtitles were for those games. I really kind of uh, fell in love with it with Blood blood money but why i want to play this game with you is because each level in hitman you're kind of tasked with obviously a contract to kill someone but what's so great about these games is that you kind of can tackle it in any way you want really rewards and encourages experimentation with the levels and they give you a whole litany of fun and unique ways to go about the mission whether it's poisoning the food that the person's going to eat whether it's dressing up as the chef and hitting the person with a fish and stuffing them in a meat locker until they die. Mm. There's just so many wild and unique ways to go about the level. And I think it would be really fun if you and I sat down, looked at this level and passed the controller back and forth. We both complete the level, but we challenge each other to go about it in two separate ways. That'd be really fun. I think that'd be really fun. And so hopefully, I mean, maybe we fall in love with it so much. We end up playing through the entire trilogy together this year. Yeah, so. I'm doing game for that. Another good one to play together would be Detroit. Oh, Become Human? Yeah. That's probably one I'll end up streaming. Oh, okay. Just because Quantic Dreams, uh, Quantic Dream, right? Not Quantum Theory. I always get those two mixed up. I think it's, qu- we're going to have a lot of Chronos Correction Corner going on in this episode. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's, it's Quantic about. Dreams, David Cage's series of games. Of course, um, Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human, and then the third is beyond two souls so i'd like to stream that trilogy of games just because i think the suspense makes for a fun watch for audience members and certainly one to experience uh in front of other people so those are the three games i hope you and i can play through this year okay i mean i'm sure we'll end up doing more whether it's gears of war or going through halo or you know something like that yeah gears of war would be fun um yeah or you can buy an xbox series x i'd like to I mean, I would really want to. If I mean, if Halo Infinite does come out this year, that's that's a no-brainer. Yeah. But we'll get to that stuff here shortly when we talk about our most anticipated games. Continuing to go down the list, I don't want to spend too much time on this stuff. Uh, Tales of Vesperia, a game that I talked about earlier. I'm really enjoying my time with it, and I cannot wait to talk with good friends of the show, Zach and Chrono, about it, revisiting the game nine years later. If you haven't played, if you've never played a Tales of game, little PSA, I think one of the best places to start is Tales of Vesperia. I've only played a few games in the Tales of series, but I feel like that is a very memorable one and certainly newcomer friendly. So check out Tales of Vesperia. You have so many different avenues to play it, whether it's the Xbox 360, Switch, PS4. I think you can also get it on Xbox One. I think the Definitive Edition really came across all platforms. So definitely well worth picking up. Continuing the list here, we've got 2018's God of War. Yes. I played about five hours or so on stream. It wasn't really conducive to a stream game for me, and uh, I cannot wait to eventually just put the headphones in, sit on the couch, and just 
power through the rest of that game, and uh, I'm inevitably fall in love with it as so many people have. Yeah, I'm excited to hear you uh, your reactions, especially if if Ragnarok does end up coming out this year. I didn't even include that on my most anticipated games list because how can I anticipate a game if I if I don't understand the hype surrounding it? You know, yeah, that's so. Fair. Uh, so God of War, the next one we have is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Really enjoyed the 8 to 10 hours I've played of that so far, but uh, and it's it's picture perfect. I mean, there's really nothing I would change about it. However, there are rumblings about a potential PS5 enhancement um, patch, so whether that's 60 frames, just for the game to run a little bit smoother. Not that it necessarily needs it, but if I wait a few months and I can play a better version of it, why wouldn't I do that? You know, especially yeah. because it really wasn't clicking for me right now, and I definitely don't want to force myself to play uh, what so many consider a masterpiece. Yeah, so going to wait a little bit on that. Uh, Control. This is a game that we have many friends of the show that are just huge fans of this one. I picked it up a couple months ago from GameFly for like ten, fifteen bucks. Definitely something that I'm looking forward to playing. It looks like you can kind of manipulate time or manipulate your environments in unique ways. And uh, just sounds like a really kind of crazy, over-the-top, fun story. So That was the one Aiden really liked, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people talk highly about it. So hopefully getting around to that. 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, or Aegis Rim. This is, of course, VanillaWare's game. If you've played things like Muramasa the Demon Blade, or Dragon's Crown, Odin's Sphere... It seems like this game goes in a completely different direction, is more of a visual novel, but it sounds like the story is really, really engrossing. Blink and Sprite both, I think this was either their game of the year, certainly their top three of 2020, and when Blink pitched it as a sci-fi anime lost type story, yeah, I was like, sign me the heck up. So I definitely had to get it, and it's definitely one I want to hopefully play with Lauren. I feel like this oh. is a good one where her and I can just sit down and really get, uh, no pun intended, lost in the story. So, 13 Sentinels, definitely looking forward to playing that. Uh, one you already mentioned, mentioned, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. I definitely want to continue to make my way through that breathtakingly beautiful game. My goodness, it's living up to all of the hype. I wish I would have been maybe, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old when that game came out in 2005, because just the sense of scale, exploring that world that seems so empty yet is so full of life and playing a game like that in 2005 would have just been so mind-boggling if i was old enough to appreciate it yeah i where we'd be what like 12 13 yeah or so i definitely wouldn't have been able to figure out some of those bosses or really appreciate it but but it is one of those games too you it was perfect for the time because mm-hmm. the accessibility of let's go on YouTube and just watch a tutorial of how to figure out this boss, really you didn't have that luxury. Yeah. It was, you know, either going to game rankings or gamewinners.com or what game game FAQs and maybe reading through a walkthrough, but you hopefully were challenging yourself in such a way that it was like, no, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And when yeah. you did, that sense of accomplishment which is what you and I have been doing. It's like, no, we're not going to go to YouTube. We're going to figure this out. Yeah, I think there was one that we we failed at. It was the guy where you had to hit the like center stone or whatever. Oh, that was kind of tough. Yeah, it was like 30 minutes later of us <laughs> running in circles. Yeah, yeah. But no, that, that yeah. game is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm definitely great. looking forward to, to finishing it and uh, checking it off the backlog for sure. Uh, the next one here is Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice. I know we have the second game, I think, 
potentially coming out this year. We'll see if it ends up actually releasing. But that first game, gosh, what a perfect game to play with headphones and just a showcase of what how audio in a game can really enhance an experience. Mm-hmm. And so I only got about maybe one to two hours. It's not an uh, overwhelmingly long game. I think it's maybe five to eight hours, uh, but really intense. And I'm looking forward to hopefully finishing that this year as well. Nice. A couple more here. Ori in the Blind Forest, for all the reasons you described and so many more, that's a game I know I'll love. It's just a matter of sitting down, being in the right mood, and getting lost in that little world with those beautiful characters and graphics. And uh, gosh, what a terrific story. Or uh, soundtrack, I'm sorry. So looking forward to playing that. Batman Arkham Knight, it is the trilogy mm-hmm. of games that I fell in love with on the Xbox 360. Asylum, I actually did a review of that on YouTube if you want to go and check that out. It's... Oh. Uh, Probably a masterpiece of a video. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. One of my best for sure. Uh, Arkham City definitely opened things up a bit with uh, actually getting to traverse the open world of Gotham City. Uh, really good stuff. And I never got around to Arkham Knight. I know they really talked up being able to use the Batmobile and I uh, was just never in the mood. But it's definitely something I'm hoping to get around to this year for sure. Isn't there a new Batman coming out? Like, I thought Is that Arkham Knight's? Yeah, that's... It's like seven different Batmans, all different colors. Yeah, Gotham Knights. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but I I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. Okay. It looks more maybe co-op focused or multiplayer focused. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe a brawler. I'm not too uh, certain on that one, but... uh, The next few here, I want to play and complete or finish a uh, a Final Fantasy game this year. Mm, So last year, I finished Final Fantasy 15, of course, and I think the year before that... Maybe I played through 13 again on PC or something like that. But this year I would like to experience a different one um, in addition to Final Fantasy VII Remake, of course. Whether it's going back and playing Final Fantasy X, uh, Final Fantasy XII. I have six on the Game Boy Advance, which I'm hoping to play potentially. And that leads me into my kind of next little list of games uh, that I'll get here, get to here shortly. Do you think you'd ever play 14, the MMO? Um, maybe. I mean, certainly if maybe some people in the Discord or, you know, you wanted to go through it. Because is that the one that Pete, like, spent a million hours? No, that's Final Fantasy XI. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah. Yeah. But Were they both MMOs? Was 14 an MMO? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 11 and 14. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm not really sure what Final Fantasy game I want to play, but again, 16 might come out this year, so maybe that is the Final Fantasy game I end up playing. Yeah, that would be nice. But... But yeah, we'll get more. Uh, we'll hear more about Final Fantasy 16 here shortly. Dark Cloud 2 is the next game on my list. Really? Ultimately, at the end of the day, let's just call it like we see it. 2021, as Nintai, friend of the show, he said in the Discord a couple days ago, 2021 is going to be the year of the RPG. Yes, it is. Playing a lot of RPGs. We got a lot of RPGs potentially coming out. And uh, yeah, I just want to get back to the love of JRPGs for sure. And I think this year is going to be a good one to do that. Loved Dark Cloud so much when I played it a few years ago. I'm not sure if I ever would have played it if it wasn't for Pete Dorr speedrunning the game back in 2018. I believe it was 2018. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, him speedrunning and sitting down and playing that game for 9 to 12 hours. I actually saved down um, his 11-hour speedrun attempt on my computer, like on a flash drive, just because, or external hard drive, just because it was such a memorable stream. What's a world record time? I think it's like seven or eight hours. Okay. Somewhere between So it's there. still really long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 
But yeah, Dark Cloud 2, definitely looking forward to hopefully getting into that. Where I'm going to kind of piecemeal all of these JRPGs in is uh, still a mystery. Yeah, they're what, like 100 hours each? (laughs) (laughs) They're definitely a significant time sink. I don't play them as much as I did in college just because I have talked about it a dozen times over, but it was just so convenient to get up in your bunk at night and and power through, especially the the portable RPGs like the Dragon Quests of the World, the Ease games on the PSP, stuff like that. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I mean, if I'm still sitting at home for six months and you you take out all of the commute time to work to and from... I mean, that's a lot of time I could pump back into some JRPGs. Yeah, I mean, like, take half days, you know, JRPG time. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But uh, what else we got going on here? We've got a couple PS5 games that I haven't played yet that I would like to get to here in 2021. Uh, one of them being The Pathless. Austin Winnery composed a brilliant soundtrack. It doesn't sound like this game is going to be up everyone's alley, but... It kind of looks like the weird, kind of obscure, indie-type take on a Legend of Zelda game that uh, seems up my alley, for sure. Okay. So, I definitely am looking forward to hopefully giving that uh, some time here in the new year. Uh, Bug Snacks, as you mentioned. Yes. Downloaded on PS Plus. Played about an hour or two of it. Really enjoyed it, but it wasn't, it wasn't really quite the game that I was looking for at the time, because... You have to be in a certain mood to in play Bug Snacks <laughs> mood <laughs> to be playing something like Bug Snacks. I'm so. just not sure what genre it would be under. Oh, it's a it's a lot of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when you ask what genre Bug Snacks is, you just say yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It looks well written. So yeah, apparently, it has a pretty brutal story. So. Really? Yeah. Really dark and heavy stuff. It's like Attack on Titan, but with snacks. <laughs> Basically. Uh, and then the final PS5 game I hear is I have here is Demon's Souls. Yes. Uh, of course, Blue Point's remake of the cult classic. And this is something that I, I think would be really fun. It would be a pretty significant effort, but I think it would be fun to stream this. I completely agree. I endorse that. It would be brutal. Rusty would be flinging the F-bombs right and left. I'd be probably breaking controllers, screaming and yelling. And doesn't that just sound like a great time? It does. Unhinged Rusty. (laughs) That's what we need more of. So I think that would be really fun, especially like there would definitely be some backlog or backseat gaming going on. Like Mm -hmm. I would need you to be there at all times to kind of help me find the certain secrets that if I miss, I'm probably going to be screwed. Yeah. But then also um, making sure that I give it my... uh, an honest attempt before I, I get any help from the audience. Okay. Yeah. So game. we'll see what, what ends up happening. But uh, yeah, I think Demon Souls would be a good one to, to stream and, and definitely one I want to play because to this point, I've beaten every FromSoft game with the exception of uh, Sekiro and Demon Souls. Yeah. And the deal was if I beat, uh, what was it? The fourth game in the Resident Evil series, then you'll play Sekiro. Potentially. Finish. That, that is the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So. I forgot to add that one to my list of games I need to beat this year. Okay. Well, we just added it artificially. And a quick correction of myself. I know it's not, um, that's not every FromSoft game, but just in the realm of Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Sekiro, it is the final game that I need to beat, uh, with the exception, of course, being Sekiro. But the next thing, Ryan, I kind of hinted at it. I talked about Final Fantasy VI. I have it on the Game Boy Advance. And one little unique thing that went up for pre-order last year that... I was kind of tossing and turning whether I had any actual desire to get it, but it's one of those things that if I don't get it now, I'm going to be paying a pretty penny to ever even think about considering uh, getting it in the future, and that's the Analog Pocket. Okay. So this is a little portable device by Analog that is able to grant you the ability to play 
pretty much every portable game known to man uh, as it relates to Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket Color, among other things. But just the picture quality of these games and playing it on this screen looks absolutely stunning. And I think it's going to help kind of revive my love of the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color Advance and things of that nature because I have kind of a ridiculous bin of Game Boy games. I just love the ability to just pop in and play some of those bad boys. Uh, even if you only spend 10, 15, 20 minutes with each cart, mm-hmm. it's just a really good time. And I think the analog pocket will help kind of reignite that flame and that love for the Game Boy series of games. And so I have a couple here that I would like to potentially play, even if I don't play them to completion. I think it'd be a great showcase for the analog pocket and definitely a great way to kickstart uh, owning a little console like that. And so the first one is Golden Sun. Okay. Yeah, I've heard good things. This is an RPG that actually a friend of the show, Chronolink91, gifted me for Christmas last year. Mm-hmm. He, and I, my, by last year, I mean 2019, both that and Golden Sun, the second game. And so I would like to play one of those games, preferably the first game on the Analog Pocket, Banjo-Kazooie Grunty's Revenge. Of course, this is a unique little top-down bird's-eye view, kind of isometric view, Banjo-Kazooie platformer on the Game Boy Advance that I don't think enough people know about, but my goodness, is it still uh, a decent Banjo-Kazooie game, certainly portably. Banjo-Pilot, I want to pop in and play that on the Analog Pocket, and then some of the Harry Potter RPGs as well. Uh, Not many people know that Harry Potter, The Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, and Prisoner of Azkaban on the Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color are actually turn-based RPGs. Oh, very nice. They're not the kind of exploration-based games that most people know about on the PlayStation 2, GameCube, and Xbox. I'll have to look into that. So, So do you level up your magic and stuff, or...? Yeah, I'm sure there's definitely traits that you're leveling up, certain attributes and stuff, but it's been the better part of 15 years since I've played into those games. Very nice. So, uh, this next category is uh, a little thing I like to call DFYSG. Do you know what this stands for, Ryan? No, I was uh, writing down the Harry Potter games. <laughs> okay, well let me let me just rephrase that or say it one more time. DFYSG. You know what that might stand for? DFY, dark fuming yaks. Mm-hmm. What, what's the next couple letters? SG. SG. Sinking fruit <laughs> if fruit start with a g if fruit, <laughs> if fruit started with a g maybe that could have been it's a, a thing. silent g yeah mm. no uh it says don't forget your steam games people oh okay yeah because everyone forgets about their steam library until yeah, they have, have nothing I mean, else to play like 20 games right yeah so i have a couple games i'll just rattle off here and these are games that i could potentially stream just because they're relatively chill and i think would be just fun games to experience with other people. Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. This is the remake of the Genesis platformer. We've got Dust and Elysian Tale. What a beautiful looking side-scrolling platformer that is. I think that'd be fun to play. Half-Life 2. One game that I feel like I need to play in my lifetime, but have yet to do so. Why not do it? Knock it off the Steam library. Have you played the first one? Uh, No. Okay. No, I've not. Uh, MacBat 64. Not many people know about this. I was talking with Blink. Uh, We were playing Sackboy a couple weeks back, and I mentioned it to him, and he's like, what? What did you just say? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Can you spell that for me? MacBat64 is made by, I think, one or two people, and it was basically meant to be a celebration of the N64 3D platformer. Um, 
time frame, I guess. Okay, cool. And so it's kind of just a nod to those series of games like your Banjo-Kazooie's, your Rayman 2 The Great Escapes, your Conker's Bad Fur Days, DK64. And one of the fun unique things is that there's actually a NPC in the game. I think he's like a monkey and he's voiced by Grant Kirkhope. Oh, cool. So it's kind of like a ukulele kind of game. A little bit, but it looks like he was built for an N64. Like graphically, it looks like claymation almost. Okay. So yeah, check out MacBat 64. So just a little handful there. Uh, I just kind of was picking through my Steam library and thinking uh, what could be fun to play. And then the last category of games here that I have, and we'll finally get to the much anticipated uh, list from Ryan and I, our most anticipated games for 2021. But uh, this final category here are just the games that I hope to play with the community this year. Cool. So we have Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. I think it'd be fun to squad up with some people and play that. The Halo Chief Master... The Halo Master Chief Collection, preferably Halo 3, maybe some Reach. Okay. I think that's probably what I played the most with friends growing up. Uh, multiplayer, anyways. SWAT 4, I've never played it, but it looks like a great um, kind of game similar to Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six series of games. Okay. GoldenEye Source, this of course is the original GoldenEye on the N64, kind of built from the ground up using the Source engine by a team of people. Played it with Jason Heine and a bunch of friends a couple weeks back. And it was such a great time, and uh, I think it'd be a great game to play with the Otaku Village community. Battlefield Bad Company 2, I didn't play this in its heyday, but my goodness that I hear about it during every episode of the uh, the All Gen Gamers podcast, probably for at least the first 50 episodes of the show. So uh, I think that'd be a fun game to squad up and play as well. And then the final game, if you and I do end up getting a Xbox Series X, would be Sea of Thieves. Yes, that would be a really fun one. I think that'd be great times. So, yeah, a whole list there. Probably didn't articulate that well enough. Kind of all over the place here. But uh, definitely a lot of games I hope to get to, even not considering the games that are coming out this year. I think you and I have no shortage of good games to play. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I mean, you should probably add Monster Hunter World to your list as well. But well, that's another JRPG. <laughs> one of my most anticipated games is a Monster Hunter game, Ryan. Yes. So let's not thank you. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves <laughs> here. All right. All right. Well, Ryan, let's get into the main topic. The topic everyone wants to hear about. Yes. Our top ten most anticipated games of the new year. Bom bom bom. <laughs> Appreciate the sound effect. <laughs> now, do you have any honorable mentions before we actually get into the ten to one list here? Yeah, I have a few. Um, the first one being Returnal. Oh, yeah. So Coming out in March. Yeah, I think that's the roguelike girl with heterochromia, and she's just shooting stuff. Yeah, it kind of looks like it's uh, Gears of War meets Prey kind meets of Destiny. alien-type shooter. It looks really intense and over the top, and definitely something that I might squeeze in here for my birthday month. Uh, they they kind of released a trailer a couple, I think it was earlier this week, and it looks really impressive. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that would... I don't know if it's a, just a single player or if you can get in a squad, but if you can do a roguelike squad, that would be a ton of fun. I think it's a single player focused adventure. If I'm not mistaken, it's kind of like the Live, Die, Repeat movie with Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise. Mm. I think she's waking up and reliving her death multiple times over and over again, and you're trying to kind of alter... You dying, I guess. Yeah. But you do kind of get this parasite latched onto your arm, and that gives you these unique abilities. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, So that's one of them. I have the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Edition. Oh, yeah. Um, 
the writing i'm seeing clips of it on instagram just the writing in these games are amazing so clever really witty really good stuff and then lastly is halo infinite nice if it comes out this year yeah those are good honorable mentions yeah what about you i have six i have three that i say uh i still see you honorable mentions they didn't make the honorable mentions list and they didn't make the top 10 list okay (laughs) but i still see them i still want to play them and one of them being returnal okay cool one of them also being the new Pokemon Snap game. We got a release mm. date. It's uh, April 20th, 420. What a okay. great day to play Pokemon Snap. <laughs> yeah, just blazing it. Catching <laughs> Pikachus. Uh, and then Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And this probably sh- really should be on my top 10. But it's one of those games where I just don't have the same affinity for Ratchet and Clank as I do Sly Cooper or Jack and Daxter. I really loved that original trilogy on PlayStation 2. The first game was so great, crazy inventive weapons that reminded me of something like Perfect Dark. Going Commando is still my favorite Ratchet and Clank game, the second one. And then Up Your Arsenal, added multiplayer, and I played the heck out of that with friends. But getting into the PS3 generation, since I really was more of a 360 guy, I didn't play Tools of Destruction or uh, whatever the other one was on PS3. There was a number of them. But it became a series that I felt like they just kept coming out with Ratchet and Clank games. I couldn't really keep up. And because of that, the series kind of just fell by the wayside for me. Okay. And then when they came out with the new one on PS4, they just titled it Ratchet and Clank. I only played a little bit of that and it was fun. And Rift Apart, I think, certainly looks like it's going to be one of the most impressive showcases of what the PlayStation 5 can do graphically, but also rendering new environments in real time. But yeah, it just kind of makes that I see you honorable mentions list because I feel like there's so many other 3D platformers coming out this year that are going to be kind of uh, begging for my attention that, you know, maybe during the holiday season, I'll pick up Ratchet and Clank, but it's not going to be a day one for me. Okay, that's fair. And then my honorable mentions here, three to one. Number three, I could not help but put this as an honorable mention. It's not making my list because it just looks so freaking bizarre and weird. And that is the Lord of the Rings Gollum. Yeah, I, I, I was as I was watching trailers trying to prepare for this, I saw that, but it's, I don't know, unless I'm, I don't have to be the main cast, but I don't necessarily care about his transformation or his story. I don't either, and I think more than anything, why it somewhat excites me, one, everyone knows my love of Lord of the Rings games, but the fact that it's a stealth game, Yeah, and I love stealth games, and I think when you tie the two together, it makes... Not only an honorable mention, but a worthwhile pickup for me. And if for nothing else, just to be able to, as a talking point in the podcast. Because I think the overwhelming response when this game was first revealed is like, that just looks kind of gross. Yeah, because his face looked kind of off. Yeah. just this initial picture. Yeah, the graphical style just looks bizarre. Yeah. Very weird. But it's definitely a game I have a lot of interest in seeing how it comes together. If it ends up even coming out, I could see this being a project that's just completely canned. Really? That far? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't see anyone kind of like the hype leading up to Shadow of Mordor. First of all, the Nemesis system, no one could have predicted. And then just the fact that that game came out and it wasn't following the main events of the Lord of the Rings and it was kind of its own unique story really kind of blew people, blew people's minds. And there was a lot of hype and anticipation surrounding it. But I, I don't know anyone, whether it's the GameSpots, Kind of Funnies, Easy Allies, or anyone else of the world that's actually anticipating this game. Yeah, me neither. It just so. seems like such a, not even diamond in the rough, but a diamond in the what? Like, Yeah, it's kind of like the Han Solo movie. 
it's coming out, but no one asked for it. Yeah, so we'll see what ends up becoming of that game, but it's probably going to be a day one pickup for me just because of my curiosity for it. Uh, Number two, you already mentioned it, the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. I mean, I distinctly remember going into GameStop with one of my buddies, Nick, I've talked about him on the show before, browsing the shelf of PS2 games and seeing a game for $39.99 brand new with the prequel trilogy episode one cast on the front cover and just seeing some of my favorite characters in Star Wars in Lego form and in a video game, I was like, what the heck? And so we ended up buying the game, going home, having a sleepover, staying up until some ungodly hour in the morning playing it, falling in love with it. And ever since, of course, there's it's no secret that they've made dozens of these games. But I think the one series that is always... Um, it's always been a really good time to play for me anyways, was the Lego Star Wars games. Yeah. And I definitely think that bringing it all together, prequel, original, and sequel trilogies together in one gargantuan game will be really good times. Yeah, I think so too. So I'm looking forward to Lego Star Wars. And then my number one honorable mention is Halo Infinite as well. You mentioned it, and I think it's worth prefacing this whole conversation with saying that I think if the Cyberpunk CD Projekt Red situation has taught video game development teams anything, it's to be far more cautious than aggressive with releasing any of your games and certainly putting target dates out there. Because how you can say two years, one year, even six months in advance that a game is going to be ready is really challenging to begin with. But coming away from that situation, I just feel like video game development teams everywhere are always going to be walking on eggshells like we can't fall into that bucket we have to be different we have to be better and i hope that it was a learning lesson for all these development teams and going forward not only the state of triple a game development but just game development in general changes and i mean the best thing that i love i mean obviously we always want that game that we're anticipating over the course of however many years elder scrolls 6 kingdom hearts 3 whatever it ends up being But I would much prefer, and I think we're probably going to end up seeing this with Elden Ring, we really don't get a whole lot of details until like three months before it releases and saying, hey, we're just finishing up the polishing bits of the game. It's about to go gold. We're ready to release it. Expect it in your mailbox here in three months. Yeah. You know, that's the type of thing that I think we need to get to just because you get into these situations where... There's so much hype and anticipation surrounding a game, and then there's just so much disappointment when it comes out, or it's delayed, or what have you, and we're seeing that with Halo Infinite, and thank goodness that game, ahead of the cyberpunk uh, situation, was delayed, and they just said, just expect it sometime in 2021. They didn't lock in a date, they didn't say November, they didn't say spring, Q1, whatever, and I hope it lives up to the hype. But the reason Halo Infinite isn't making my top 10 is just because 343 Studios has not instilled a whole lot of faith and confidence for me. And coming away from Halo 5 Guardians, I know that was a a pretty big disappointment. I think 4 was pretty good. But based on what we've seen so far with Infinite, the travesty that was the Xbox game showcase when that was released and all of the the backlash that that ended up receiving... It does make you think and wonder what would have happened if they didn't show the game again during the showcase and it still came out at launch of the Series X and S. Yeah, that would have been a, another cyberpunk. In the current state because I, 
it opens up a broader conversation of I I fully believe that because of the backlash of the fans that drove a lot of the game's delay. I don't know all the details behind the scenes and maybe that's not true, but it it does make you wonder because the Xbox Game Showcase was just a couple months before the anticipated release of Series X. But all of that to say, I want Halo Infinite to be the best Halo game to date. I want it to be tremendously successful and I hope it comes out this year so it gives me a reason to invest into the next generation of Xbox in the Series X. Yeah, I completely agree. So with all of that said, Ryan, a lot of honorable mentions, a lot of I still see you type games, but now we get into the bread and butter, the real good stuff. Yes. The top 10 most anticipated games of 2021. What's ringing in at number 10 for you? Uh, This is a game I want to play with you. Oh. Um, So you might have to buy a copy. It's It Takes Two. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know if it's like mini games or it looks like some platforming. But it's with the iconic, like, crazy guy who just swears at the... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's like that book. And it's basically about a couple who gets turned into these dolls, and then they have to, like, work on their marriage or whatever. It looks like a really quirky game, um, but it looks beautiful. That's a good pick. Uh, so, that's something I want to play with you. Good stuff. Yeah, what about you? My number 10, and again, this kind of falls under the same bucket of Halo Infinite not really making my top 10 and why this game only comes in at number 10, because I I don't have a whole lot of confidence that it will come out this year. And actually, if I go back and look at my list, I think this was like my number four most anticipated game of 2020. And of course, it didn't come out then. And that's Elden Ring. Okay. Yeah, that comes in at 10 for me. It goes without saying, Ryan and I have been talking about Bloodborne and Dark Souls since the beginning of this podcast, episode four, we talked about, we went into the deep end of the lore of all things Dark Souls and Bloodborne, yes. and over the many hundred episodes of the show, we've continued to sing the praises of these games, and Elden Ring, I don't think is going to be any exception, I cannot wait to see more, I hope we hear more about it sooner rather than later, Yes, but uh, of course there's rumors that it might be coming out in June, but we'll see if that ends up coming to fruition. Yes, I think it was, we were talking about it yesterday. But most of the, uh, I think, Dark Souls 2, 3, Bloodborne, and Demon Souls came out in March. Um, so their normal launch window is March. Um, right now it's rumored that it'll be coming out June 30th. Based off, I want to say it was an updated listing on Target's pre-order. And then there's some leaks from, I think, some French developers um, who worked on the trailers. But yeah, my, that's definitely higher up on my list than number 10 mm-hmm. um but yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see where they go nice yeah elden ring i think it's gonna be good stuff but uh what is your number nine then my number nine is a game series i've always wanted to play um it's mass effect oh i thought you were gonna say resident evil yes i just can't wait to play resident evil for hours <laughs> <laughs> so you're speaking uh specifically about the legendary editions yes so that I believe that includes all three games, correct? Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, so I own, I think, all three games on the PlayStation 3. Um, but just to have it on PlayStation 5 or another system, I think would be great. Um, the stories, I mean, besides some of the complaints about the third one um, or Andromeda, but that's not in the collection. I just, I want to play these. Um, mm-hmm. I want to fall in love with these um, so this will give me the chance to do that. Hopefully. Well, the thing about you when you play games is you go all in. 
Yes. There is no yes. like Rust or Ryan playing any kind of game casually. He learns the lore. He learns all the nooks and cranny secrets. He plays the hell out of the games that yes. he ends up getting invested in. And that's what I can't wait to see with you as it relates to the Mass Effect games because there's so much to see, explore, and digest in those games. So much of it I never got around to seeing. And yeah. the Mass Effect trilogy are some of my favorite games of the last generation. I remember going home for a summer or a holiday. I can't remember what it was. And I played, it was like kind of when Mass Effect 3 first came out. And I played through all three of the games kind of back to back over the course of maybe two or three months. And uh, they're just so rich with so much to explore. If you love space, if you love Star Wars, if you love Star Trek, those games were made for you. I know friends of the show, Nolan, a recent friend of the show, Ethan. Together, those two have probably pumped over a thousand hours exploring those worlds. And say what you will about the end of Mass Effect 3, I thought it was just fine. It in no way uh, diminished the dozens of hours I spent in the subsequent games. And you make those stories uh, what you will. You know, you kind of direct, you have a hand in directing where those characters go, yep. characters that literally survive, romances that you end up striking up with uh, Commander Shepard and others on the ship. Yeah, I just can't wait to seduce most the cast and maybe my ship itself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you got to put fuel somewhere. Uh, um, you know, that's how it works. Um, I remember liking the combat system. I believe you can switch between all of the characters, right? Mid-combat. Or at least tell them where to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that, but... Um, Maybe I'm thinking of a different game. You might be but, thinking of like yeah, XCOM or something. I do remember liking it a lot. So, yeah, can't wait to get invested again. Yeah, it's kind of one I forgot. I didn't put it on my list, but I probably should have had it as at least an honorable mention because I will undoubtedly be picking up the Legendary Edition. And I don't know if we'll get around to it this year, but gosh, just to have it on the shelf and at any given moment pop in a remastered version of the Mass Effect games. Yeah, I want to say fuck like literally my entire list is rpgs so i it's it's yeah i have a few hours to play on my systems get some wear and tear on that ps5 and yeah Switch. man put that thing to the test you know what i'm saying yeah what number, about you what's your nine my number nine is monster hunter rise nice i think this could be the perfect entry point into the series for me i think monster hunter world would have been a great showcase for the series and very newcomer friendly and i enjoyed probably that you know I don't know, five to six hours you and I played of that. Mm -hmm. Didn't get too invested, but I think Monster Hunter Rise, having it on the Switch, the ability to play portably, and then adding dogs that look exactly like Rapide and Tales of Vesperia that I can ride around and roam the world with. Yeah, have you played on, the demo now. or pre-ordered at all? I haven't pre-ordered. I did download the demo. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's just a matter of popping that, that in and giving it some time. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to play. Hopefully others in the community will buy in as well. And uh, that could be a game that we, we play together. Yes, most definitely. That is higher up on my list and I'll talk about it. I figured it was. <laughs> I figured it was. No, I, I think it's a good blend from what I've seen. Of It, it takes a lot of the combat from World. Um, the real question is going to be how they do the armor on whether veterans of like the other handhelds like it as much as world but okay yeah that'll be a fun one good stuff yeah monster on a rise looking forward to getting it and i think that is going to come out march 26th of this year yes. uh just to go back to elden ring obviously it's tbd when and if that will be released in 2021 but yeah. i did try my best to write down the release date for these games just in case anyone else is interested but ryan what is your number eight yeah there's also a uh if you pre-order the game legendary edition you can actually get a skin to change your dog at, to a, a golden retriever. 
Oh, well, why wouldn't you want to do that? I know. I got the Legendary Edition. <laughs> but uh, my number eight is Far Cry 6. Mm. My man, that's my number eight. Is it really? Yeah, it is. It's been so long since... I don't know if I've ever really played a full Far Cry. Shame on you. Um, maybe three. Um, but I, I think you played number... F- what was the one you played most recently and you didn't really like it because of the towers? I played a lot of Far Cry last year. I yeah. played Far Cry 5 to completion. I played Far Cry Primal to completion. And I downloaded Far Cry New Dawn. And I didn't like it because it had the Ubisoft thing that I don't like in Ubisoft games. And that is a bunch of microtransactions. Uh, yeah. It was kind of a pay to win or pay to become more powerful type of thing. And that is not what I like. And that's why Far Cry 6 is a little further down on my list. Because 5 really didn't... 5 wasn't as good as... Three by any stretch of the imagination. Three is far and above my favorite Far Cry game. I played it again. Hell, I think I played Far Cry Three last year again yeah, too. Yeah, you did. Yeah, because they had the classic edition on PS4. So I, yeah, I played Far Cry Three again last year. That's far and above my favorite. Four, I think, is also so so good. Crazy crazy villain as they typically yeah. have in the Far Cry games. But five just took it a different direction. It just felt different. The mm-hmm. map looked different. You couldn't easily pinpoint where the outposts were or where where like the radio towers were yeah it just was more kind of like you stumbled upon it type of thing you couldn't kind of plan out and uh that again that kind of disrupted my podcast game mentality when i typically play the far cry games yeah but i hope six kind of goes back to the roots of what made three and four so special yeah i don't know if this is going to be a day one pickup for me i i think i'm gonna not look at reviews but i would just the microtransactions the biggest thing for me mm-hmm. um so i i want to like far cry i want to get into it but i i think the biggest thing is whether it's pay to win yeah um but it should be a good time i well, want to get some outposts plus open maps giancarlo esposito is the main villain yes what's up Gus? he's in a lot of things now he really is his career really i think took off post breaking bad yeah so he's such a good villain he oh, looks like he hates everyone <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he could serial kill. But I also believe that in real life, he's probably just the sweetest man. Yeah. But. For sure. Yeah. Well, Far Cry 6 is also my number eight. It's TBD 2021. I think it was supposed to potentially come out either early this year or late last year. And then Ubisoft had some Ubisoft play or whatever they call their little state of play direct type things. And they changed the time frame to be coming out in, I think, Q1 to Q4 of this year or something like that. So yeah. uh, I, I also, this is a game I could potentially see getting pushed to 2022 though. Yeah. I, we haven't seen gameplay. I think it's just cinematic, right? So far. Yep. Just a quick cinematic last year during, I think one of the Ubisoft press conferences, maybe it was one of the PlayStation or Xbox game showcases. I don't really remember when it was exactly revealed, but definitely mad hyped about Far Cry 6 and definitely it'd be fun to see you hopefully get uh, in the thick of a new Far Cry game. Yeah. I, hopefully gameplay comes out soon. Well, yeah. We'll see. Yep, we'll see. But Ryan, since we both shared a number eight, we'll pass the baton back to you. What is your number seven? Yeah, so this is my first Switch game. It's Braverly Default 2. I think you'd really like this game. I think so too. Um, Rick loves the first one, and I think there was a second one, like a spin-off kind of side one that people didn't really like. Yeah, I don't really know how the timeline works, but I think it was called like Bravely Second. Yeah. But it wasn't actually the sequel or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I know people didn't like that one as much. Um, 
But this game looks adorable, mm, and mm-hmm. it looks like a perfect JRPG for me to start for this year. Yeah, that, you have like, to have at least one JRPG oh, a year. Hell yeah. I feel like it's one of those uh, Octopath Travelers for you. Yeah, exactly. I think you'll really like this quite a bit. It, it seems like a very stylized um, kind of gameplay and look to it. Um, not the 16-bit gameplay like Octo, but it looks it looks really good. Yeah, so. very impressive graphically. Uh, the animation style is definitely unique. It's definitely distinct from other JRPGs that I've played, and <laughs> what a beautiful soundtrack, too. I know we always talk about that in JRPGs, but I can't even count on the, if I had 15 hands, the number of times that I've been listening to a music compilation, be it relaxing video game music while you're studying, or just JRPG relaxing music in general, and Bravely Default music is always... Always seems to have an appearance. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Good stuff. You know when that game's coming? It is coming February 26th. Wow. So pretty close. Really soon? Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I don't know how I'm going to squeeze it in because I feel like we have so <laughs> many JRPGs front-loaded here, uh, as we'll get into here yeah. on my uh, games to come. But my number seven really is, fucking march is gonna be yeah it's gonna just be just full of games if these all of the games that are planned to come out uh yeah it's gonna be pretty intense and gosh what a what a knock on my wallet it's gonna be too yeah no kidding but all for the betterment of video game and certainly discussing them here in the podcast but my number seven ryan is a game called near replicant version and i wish i was joking you're not (laughs) i'm not that is shit that is the actual name of this jrpg that i'm really hotly anticipating and so stay with me here i'm not going to go too into the weeds of what this game actually is but it kind of has a story behind it so in 2010 a game came over here in the west called near and for so many people, they deem it not only their favorite RPG of all time, but to many, it has the best soundtrack in all of video games. Oh, this this was at the last PlayStation release, wasn't it? This is it in was. the Nier Automata kind of lineup, right? This is the prequel to Nier Automata, Okay, is my understanding. And this is a big, big, big opportunity for Chrono's Correction Corner here, because I'm sure I'm going to royally screw some of this information up, but just a couple tidbits. So in Japan in 2010, a game called Near Replicant came out, okay. and that was actually an alternative version of the game that we got here in the West called Near. Again, so many people sing this game's praises, say it's one of the best action RPGs, one of the best soundtracks in all of video games, but I, for whatever reason, never got around to playing it because... That's when I was kind of going to college and just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I never got around to playing it, even though this was kind of the swan songs of the YouTube gaming community, everyone was talking about it. Well, this is a remake of that game that ended up coming out in Japan as an alternative to Nier in 2010. Oh, shit. I don't know how significant of a different game it is than the 2010 Nier, since it's, it's, I don't know what an alternative version is to a game really means. I don't know if it's kind of like what the Kingdom Hearts final mix was in Japan that we eventually got here, where there's some slight differences between the original Kingdom Hearts versus the final mix version. Yeah. Game I don't know the details. All I know is that this game looks really kick-ass. It kind of looks like Kingdom Hearts on speed. Super fast-paced action RPG combat. This is the kind of stuff I love. This is the kind of stuff that I throw on a podcast and get super invested in the combat Still got the soundtrack going, blaring, 
in the other ear, and I'm really looking forward to playing this. And this is coming out April 23rd if it uh, stays in line with its its tracked release day. Yeah, I remember liking at least what I saw from the trailer. Um, the name threw me off, though. Do you know why it's that long list of numbers? I don't know. I think the, the, the lead developer on this game is very particular with the way he describes things. Okay. Like, he even said that this isn't a remake of Near Replicant from 2010 that came out exclusively in Japan. This is, like, a refreshed version or something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's very particular with his word choice. And I don't really have a whole lot of other details. I think the best thing I can encourage people to do is go and look at a trailer for this game on YouTube. I hope it, it hits that April release date because I think it... Uh, it's going to be right up my alley. And even if it doesn't come out, though, I haven't played Nier Automata. Yeah. And with this being a prequel, though, I'd kind of prefer to play this first. That's not a bad idea. It's Nier what? What was it? Nier what? Just look up Nier Replicant, Replicant. Remake because you don't need all the version one point whatever. Sounds good. But yeah, April 23rd coming this year. If you're a fan of action RPGs or even if you're looking something to get into RPGs, I think this might be... Might be a decent one to to get in on. Yeah, for sure. So, Ryan, we get to number six. My number six is a game I don't know if it's going to come out. Um, It's God of War Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. And I could see this easily being pushed 22. Um, I have hopes. I love the first God of War. I I think it was top five for me. Um, But I don't know. I'm completely fine if they... I I want a full-length game. Yeah, I'm fine if they do uh, Miles Morales, but Miles Morales, they didn't have enough time in the story to make it make sense or to have it fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a 30-hour game. I'm fine if it's just a 20-hour um, game, but well-written and well-paced and not thrown together. Um, but coming off of the first game the foundation is really well laid. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you can play the first one and maybe second half of the year. I think that's what it was originally slated for. It Actually, it doesn't even have a release date. It just says 2021. So, Yeah, I think I would be really surprised if one and certainly both of PlayStation's flagship going into 2021 games come out this year, which is Horizon 2 The Forbidden West yes. and God of War Ragnarok. However... I think the more likely game to come out is God of War Ragnarok in the same way that I thought Miles Morales was kind of a pipe dream game. I thought that game was at least a year, maybe potentially two years away mm-hmm. um, because we really haven't, hadn't to that point seen a lot of details. So coming away from that final PlayStation showcase when they said, oh yeah, by the way, and by they, I mean Jeff Keighley through the rumor mill, you know, getting text messages from uh, the Insomniac development team or whatever, that that was actually going to be a launch title. Mm-hmm. I think very similarly, God of War Ragnarok will come out in the fall of this year, kind of in the, you know, the August-November time frame, but it will end up becoming more of a Lost Legacy, Miles Morales type experience where it's more succinct, Yeah, and it kind of is that 1.5 version leading into God of War 2, which I am A-OK with. If it means we get more God of War sooner, we got more Spider-Man sooner rather than later, I'm all for it, and I still had a heck of a fun time playing Miles Morales, as I'm sure I will have a heck of a fun time playing Ragnarok once I end up finishing God of War from 2018. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think they did the motion capture, because this was purely motion capture for the first and for the second one um, at the same time, but the real thing 
um, kind of like Stranger Things, the kids grow up so quick. Yeah. Um, so if Atreus is going to stay, I mean, unless you're going to have a huge like puberty time jump, yeah, and get a completely different actor. Um, yeah, they're going to have to do them, pump them out quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Whether it's this year or next, I'm I want more God of War. Yeah, I cannot wait to see more about that game. Hopefully, we have a PlayStation State of Play here. I think we're probably due for one maybe in February or end of January, just to kind of get a better idea when we can expect yeah. some of these games because we'll get into it with the games that probably will be on our top five of most anticipated. There's a lot of games that are kind of locked in here for Q1 and then others that it's kind of just, we don't know. Yeah, like the Harry Potter probably would have been top five for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm completely fine with that being pushed back. Hopefully not all of my top five are pushed back. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the, a game like Harry Potter, just that, a, a game that big and that sense of scale, yeah, there's just so much that they need to get right. And I think certainly seeing what happened to Cyberpunk, they're like, you know what? No, we're just going to punt this another year and make sure it's the best possible game it can be. Yeah. Which I'm perfectly okay with. Me too. So what is your number six? My number six is a game I'm, I'm sure most people are anticipating. I'm sure pre-orders are through the roof amongst our community. And that is Ease 9 Monstrum Knox Packed Edition. Dude, I pre-ordered that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm a huge fan of the E series. I talked about it a few episodes ago that I ended up parting ways with my premium editions on the PlayStation Portable, largely because I had no idea those games were going for $150 to $200 a pop, and I bought most of them for $15 to $50. Bucks. And so I was willing to part ways because I could buy, uh, I could buy digital copies on Steam for a fraction of the price. Yeah. But... It's a great JRPG series that isn't too complex or nuanced in its combat or story. Uh, it can be brutally challenging if you're playing on the harder difficulty, but they're just great action RPGs. Uh, I don't want to say mindless RPGs, but I think they also make for great podcast games. Mm. And it's been quite some time since I've really gotten into the weeds of the E series. I think the last game I played was probably E7 on the PSP, which would have been five or six years ago. Okay. And when I found out that Ease 9 was coming, a lot of people that I still stay in touch with uh, in the YouTube gaming community that are big fans of Falcom and Xseed and everything they put out, that this game was actually coming February 2nd of this year. Wow. I was like, oh, holy crap. Maybe I should actually check out to see if there is some type of premium edition set out there. And lo and behold, there was on the PlayStation 4, 60 bucks. I get a great art book, great soundtrack, the game itself. And I think a couple other little doodads as well, similar to what we got on the PlayStation Portable. And so I don't think there's going to be a whole lot in February. And so I think sinking my teeth into a, a like great little ease game will be good comfort food fun here in the next month or so. Nice. So you'll be playing that what I play bravely. Bravely default or yeah. bravely. Yeah. Whatever the heck the subtitle was there. Uh, yeah. A lot easier than your JRPGs to play yeah. near 5,646. Kingdom like. Hearts, 358 over two days. <sighs> yeah. You gotta love the name Leave it up to JRPGs to be confusing as fuck. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on to my number five. Yeah, now we're I getting... do want to understand. I want to look up a trailer to the ease. Yeah. So I'll get that after this. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Um, so I guess this is another game for me, my number five, that can be pushed back. But mm-hmm. it is Horizon. That is mine as well. So this is second half of 2021, I think, is what's currently out there. <sighs> Similar to God of War, I mean, Horizon's one of my favorite games. 
Um, Aloy is just a great character and going out to the West Coast and seeing mm. California and all these new environments, all the new monsters. I, I just want to know what happens That's uh, the seri- in the series and what happens to the villain and kind of where the, the game ended for the first one. And if it's... If I have to wait until 22 to get a well-polished, perfect game, then so be it. Yeah. Because you, did you play the DLC for the first one? No, so I still have the Frozen Wilds to play. That one's a really good one as well. Yeah, so maybe I'll kick that off here. Uh, I mean, certainly if we get confirmation that Horizon 2 gets delayed, then I'll definitely be playing the Frozen Wilds this year. Uh, But regardless, if it's confirmed that it's coming in the fall then that's another reason to play the DLC, yeah. which I'll definitely do. But, you know, I, I echo everything you said, all the sentiments you shared. What an amazing experience. You know, seeing I love seeing video game developers kind of challenge what they've done before it. And I think Gorilla took a ridiculous leap going from the Killzone series and then moving into something like the Horizon games that has now become a flagship series and franchise for PlayStation moving forward. I played it, I think, late 2019, early 2020 was when I ended up finishing Horizon. Fell in love with Aloy as a character, her entire arc as a character over the course of that game, just becoming more confident in who she was, what she wanted to discover, the truth she set out to to find. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once Lauren has a chance to play through Horizon, we've talked about what we name our son eventually. If we do have a son, I think we have a name locked in. I'm trying to get. <laughs> hopefully, I can convince her that if we have a daughter, Aloy would be a perfect name. Can you imagine? But we'll see what happens. That'd be really cool. Yeah. No, Aloy's. She's. She's the best. Nice. Or or Darth Vader. <laughs> your son's name, <laughs> just with a hyphen. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, just sleep on that one. That's yeah. The, uh, we'll think about one. that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely much anticipating Horizon Two. That trailer we saw was stunning. Just yeah. her kind of running across the beachfront and just that pan out picture. I mean, graphically, I think that's probably, uh, while Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart will be the most impressive showcase of just rendering of the environments, I think overall just impressive graphically and showcasing the power of PS5, I think Horizon Forbidden West will be that game. Yeah, and it looks like they're taking a different, or expanding on the combat, being able to go underwater. Mm -hmm. Um, so they, I mean, they're introducing new mobs like the tortoise um, and the elephants. So it'll be, I mean, maybe there's going to be a Mordor. Who you never knows? know, man. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, that'll be good stuff. But Ryan, I have to pass the baton back to you now. Yes, so. <laughs> we are uh, on thinking the same wavelength on this. Uh, my number four, um, I think this was an honorable mention, was Ratchet and Clank. Oh, nice. Um, I've never played these, so I don't have the same level of fatigue or... I mean, you've played all of the platformers ever created Pretty on every <laughs> every system. But um, t- when we initially saw this trailer and saw the gameplay, which was just a surprise to begin with, it, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of assets on screen, the amount of debris everywhere, um, it, it just looks beautiful. And how quickly they went into all of these different worlds through the rifts in time or whatever. It looks, yeah, I'm excited to jump into this series for the first time i think you're really gonna like it especially since you don't have that nostalgia for the series you're kind of going in with a fresh set of eyes the great thing about the uh that era of platformers is you kind of always had 
kind of a duo pair of people. With Sly Cooper, you had him and Murray and Bentley and his little uh, trio of people that would go on missions together. But then you had Jack and Daxter, yeah. kind of the banter back and forth that they shared. But Ratchet and Clank, I mean, Clank is literally a robot. So you can imagine that his dialogue is super dry mixed with Ratchet, who is kind of very sarcastic. And it just makes for kind of a terrific script. They go on great adventures and the gunplay in those games is really unparalleled in platformers. And typically, you know, as I've spoken about so often in platformers, I really kind of prefer it to be more bare bones where you don't have a whole arsenal of weapons. Mm-hmm. But Ratchet and Clank does it in a way where it just feels so organic. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see where they take Rift apart. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, so. well, good stuff, man. Uh, my number four is a little game they showed during the pre-show of the Xbox game showcase back in uh, whatever month that was. And still probably my most anticipated game coming away from that entire showcase. And oh, that is Balan Wonderworld. Yeah. And so Yuji Naka is back. Of course, he was the lead programmer of the Sonic and Hedge- Sonic the Hedgehog series back on the Sega Genesis and also the Fantasy Star series. This game is just beaming with so much creativity, charm. It's super colorful Oh my gosh, and it just looks to kind of blend platforming, but also what Yuji Naka is also known for, and that's Nights into Dreams, Mm -hmm. which kind of was this weird acrobatic flying type game with the Knights character. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm just anticipating this game because it looks like... To me, it kind of looks like a N64 PS1 era game that you just don't see anymore. Mm-hmm. And oh man, I'm tons of collectibles based on the trailer that we saw. Uh, the collectible outfits that you can get change not only your appearance cosmetically, but gives you a whole uh, slew of unique abilities for your character. I think there's actually two playable characters similar to how it was in uh, Knight's Journey of Dreams on the Wii. I forget the subtitle of that, but there were two like main protagonists, a boy and a girl. Similar to uh, that, you have that same thing in Balan Wonderworld. And this is a game that we can potentially, at least right now, it's expected to release March 26th of this year. That's another March game. And uh, my birthday is March 22nd, so I'm just going to be, maybe I'll just take a whole week off and just get lost in all these wonderful, unique Pixar-like platformers. Yeah, I definitely need to add that to my list. Because I remember, like, I like the ability that your costume changes your moveset. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, if, if Balan Wonderworld is not on your radar, definitely make sure it is. I think it's coming across all platforms. It might even be coming to Switch, but I think it's also coming to PC, Xbox, PlayStation, the whole nine. And so that, the more people that can experience this game, the better, because it really just feels like it's going to just be an <laughs> injection of joy and fun and happiness into your veins. Who needs happiness? <laughs> not us. <laughs> I think we could all use a little bit more of that right now. Yeah. So then, I guess, moving into my number three? We get into the top three, Ryan. Here we go. Uh, I guess it's no surprise. Uh, another Switch game, Monster Hunter Rise. Yep, I, I figured as much. So this is a game we're going to be playing together, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I ended up getting the demo. It's a lot of fun. It plays combat-wise um, like Monster Hunter World, and it has some of the toggling um, from Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Uh, but it's a good time. The demo, you have 30 kind of hunts that you can do. So there's a beginner and an intermediate, two different monsters, and there's 14 weapons. So you get to try them all out on those two missions. 
But I mean, I've I've talked about Monster Hunter for so many hours on this podcast, but. <laughs> You're just shaking your head like, please don't say I anymore. And the listeners are very aware of your love for the series, Ryan. Yeah, they're, they're going back uh, to the handheld, and that's kind of where they've shined or have shown, sh- shimmered. <laughs> well, that's definitely <laughs> where the series has garnered its biggest following. I mean, when it came yeah. out on the PSP, I don't think you could go on a train in, in Japan, not that I have the experience or can speak to it uh, anecdotally, but everyone in Japan was playing Monster Hunter on their PSPs. Even though it originally debuted on the PS2, then it was on the 3DS, eventually on Wii and the Wii U, and obviously Monster Hunter World really kind of just took the series in a new direction. Not only did it cater to old fans, but it brought in a lot of new fans as well. And I think Rise seems to be doing... Um, everything World did, and even more so, you know, a callback to some of the older games, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how they do the armor. Um, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, they basically had, each armor has a specific perk, so say you want to tack up, um, and it says six on your plate and four on your chest, you had to have ten total perks on your armor to get that ability for attack up, mm. whereas in uh, M- Monster Hunter World, each armor set automatically gave you it. So it's like attack one, attack two, and you get the perks immediately. Mm, okay. Um, so you became more powerful in world than you did in the other ones. So there's a harder challenge in the handhelds previously. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm excited either way. Um, whether you're a hardcore player or not, I'm, I'm just, I want to hunt monsters and use their skin to cover me. So. <laughs> <laughs> for the number of times I've yeah. said that on this podcast wear your skin yeah so. exactly yeah. Well, good pick for number three I definitely think we all saw that coming and uh, I think everyone could probably guess each of my top three games here number three though is Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil Village however you want to say it it's no secret that Resident Evil 7 was one of my favorite games of last generation. I think I probably spent 30 minutes talking about it when I originally uh, played it, talking about it here on the podcast, yeah. and just how I felt like they finally went in a good, positive direction for the series after the complete abomination that was Resident Evil 6. I'm sure people enjoy it. You know, I I had a little bit of fun with it, but it really felt more like a third-person action shooter as opposed to a Resident Evil series. And I think 7 finally steered the ship in the right direction, kind of going back to the horror roots. I think going to the first-person perspective was one of the best things they could have ever done for the series, since it was up to that point, this third-person kind of over-the-shoulder view. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where they take 8. It sounds like they're continuing Ethan's story, the main protagonist in 7, I definitely do wonder if there's going to be some type of continuity based on the decisions you made in 7, because the way things wrap up, there's certain people that either die or survive based on your choice, and so I'm not sure if some of that story feeds into 8, or really how they're going to make that work, but regardless, however they do um, kind of change or direct the story moving forward, I'm really excited. I hope it retains the the scare factor of seven for me. I know we were talking in the discord quite a bit about um, a number of people finding it not really scary at all. I think that's, that's complete insanity. Uh, I found that game to be horrifying in the best of ways, even though they seem to be taking eight and more of kind of a kind of Dracula Van Helsing type uh, direction. Yeah. I'm sure it'll still be pretty scary. And uh, if it in any way comes close to seven, that's all I can really ask for. I really hope it definitely lives up to the hype. And based on the things we've seen this far, thus far, I think it certainly will. Yeah, 
I, I'd be happy to sit side by side while you play that game. Because I won't play it, but I'll watch you play it. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be fun. Lights off, you know, get the red, the red LED lights going in the background. And uh, it'd be good fun. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, Ryan. Well, what is your number two most anticipated game? Uh, my number two, and hopefully it's on your list, is Cana Bridge of Spirits. It might be. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't heard it yet. It was an honorable mention. So this game looks amazing. Um, probably one of the most adorable cast of characters oh um, with those little black fluff balls. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's It looks like a platformer RPG that I didn't know I wanted. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, I don't know much about the story at all, but from what I've seen... It's weird to think of this one as an indie developed game by like what two brothers? Yeah, I mean they have definitely have a broader team working on it, but yeah, two brothers it seems to have to have come together and kind of pitched this idea. <laughs> yeah, so I um, I'm really excited to see what the gameplay is or how it comes together, and that's what another March game. You got Monster Hunter, you got Kena, you've got your Wonder World, Balan uh, Wonder World. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. What about you? Well, we'll get to more Cana Bridges Spirits here shortly. <laughs> Don't even worry about okay. it, people. But uh, my number two game, uh, probably not a, much of a surprise either, is Final Fantasy 16. This was also shown during the PlayStation Showcase. I had the opportunity to talk with myself about it when Ryan <laughs> <laughs> was out <laughs> sick during that episode. Yeah. And uh, gosh, what a great conversation that was. But no, I mean, <laughs> I think the trailer was really something special and it was... Going into that showcase, there were rumors going around that Final Fantasy 16 might be kind of revealed or showcased, and I was really impressed coming away from that trailer. I thought the the combat seemed to kind of be some type of amalgamation between The Witcher 3, Final Fantasy 15, maybe some Monster Hunter stuff going on in there, mm-hmm. and one of the things that a lot of people came away from that trailer saying is that it doesn't appear that there's going to be any type of party system, because each time they showed combat, it was solo just one person kind of operating on the combat uh, battlefield so we'll see if that's actually the case uh we've seen such a small snippet of what will inevitably be become probably a 40 to 60 hour adventure yeah i think one of the things that excites me most about this game is just the tonal shift from prior final final fantasy games i just loved the seemingly far darker and mature approach to storytelling they're taking with this game yeah, no, I I mean, I, I this could be, do you know when in 2021 or is it just we, 2021? We don't know. I mean, I thought I read something that based on the people that they were hiring, they were a little bit further in development than a lot of people thought. I mean, just because of Final Fantasy 15 coming out, what was that, 2016, 2017? I can't remember what year specifically, but... I just kind of anticipated a longer stretch of time before we could expect a new mainline Final Fantasy mm-hmm. game. And if this comes out three, four years after 15 and it's polished and it's actually ready at launch and ready to go, man, I am so down for a new Final Fantasy game this year. Yeah, no, I, I like the tone from the uh, the trailers that we saw. I mean, didn't that one kid just get covered in blood for one of the, like... Yeah, someone like cut his throat, little Jonathan or whatever. <laughs> yeah just dead uh no i i think whether i'm playing final fantasy 15 or this new one um or both you know yeah either or Mm -hmm. i mean we'll see six rpgs or jrpgs why the heck not yeah so no definitely great pick 
Good stuff. Well, Ryan, I, I'm kind of at a loss. I actually don't think I know what your number one is. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I've never talked about this game at all. Um, number one is Elden Ring. Oh, hell. Oh, of course yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. So, there, I mean, there's been some leaks recently, and I'm just going to be optimistic that they're true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that they're true that this is coming out June 30th from what the most recent things, I think, as of last week are. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked about this game so many hours on this podcast, but to have George R. R. Martin being the roar, the lore writer and then to have, I mean, FromSoft has kicked it out of the park with Bloodborne, Sekiro, kind of going off the kind of main formula that they have with Dark Souls mm-hmm. and returning back to form, but while also going a more open world route. I'm so excited. Um, and then you also get a horse, so I, I'm hoping this is some Shadow Colossus vibes while you're storming different like kingdoms, which yeah. I think is kind of what it's going to be like. I mean, we've seen basically one dude pounding on a ring and a bunch of arms in the trailer. We know nothing about the story itself, but it looks, I'm hoping it's going to be amazing. And it comes out this year. Yeah, I hope it does. And I think that's the best way to go into a game is really knowing so little because then your expectations, I think, are kind of in check (coughs) as opposed to when you've seen dozens of gameplay trailers and stuff like that. I mean, there's a nice balance you need to strike with hyping up a game. But I think with FromSoft, going in with knowing as little as possible is when you get the most out of those experiences. Yeah, I could see them releasing a trailer uh, with potential gameplay, say March timing, and say, hey, June, middle of summer, Mm -hmm. um, which would be perfect. Oh, yeah, man. That would make 2021 a good year. The best year ever. Yes. Best year yet. Yeah, and you know what also makes the best year, uh, or makes 2021 the best year yet, Ryan? What? Cana Bridge of Spirits. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one coming. You know, we haven't seen a whole lot about this game, but my goodness, have we seen more than enough. This is a 3D platformer that seems to blend just traditional 3D platforming goodness with Pikmin mechanics, maybe some Overlord, if anyone remembers that, where you get to kind of control these cute little black little furry creatures that, gosh, just oozing with so much charm. Yeah. And... I'll just lay it out there that this is the type of game I wish Rare has been making over the past 15 years. Yeah. After Microsoft bought them, this game just oozes and screams Rareware from the N64 days and the GameCube days even. Well, maybe not so much the GameCube, but even early 360, something like Cameo Elements of Power. Yeah, that's what like, it makes This me think almost of. looks like a pseudo-sequel to that. And, oh my gosh, I'm just so over the moon excited about Cana Bridge's Spirits. It looks like the perfect game for me. Yeah. Like, you know, everything about this game, you look at my game shelf, you look at all of the stuff I have hanging around with posters, Banjo-Kazooie, Yoshi's Story, whatever it might be, Cana Bridge's Spirits just seems like my spirit animal video game. Yeah, it's almost like they made it specifically for you. Cana <laughs> <laughs> s- Bridge of Spirits. For Rusty. <laughs> I'm so excited, man. And and I just, even speaking outside of Cana Bridge of Spirits, just going into this next generation of, uh, of video games, it just excites me so much to see the 3D platformer being revitalized and new life is being breathed into those types of games because I don't think we saw enough of them in the Xbox 360 PS3 generation or the PS4 
and Xbox One generation. And what we did see is kind of the revival of the 8-bit, 16-bit platformer, which I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I think that's actually great because you introduced a younger generation into what made those games so special. And I'm sure generations of parents have since gone back and shown their kids, nieces, and nephews games on the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, and things of that nature. But now it's time, for me certainly as a hopefully parent here in the next few years, playing these this new generation of 3d platformer Mm -hmm. which then makes it easier to say oh let's go back and play games on the playstation 1 and n64 and see what inspired games like canterbridge of spirit which was probably stuff like banjo kazooie super mario 64 ukulele maybe not ukulele (laughs) but things of that nature and so i'm so excited for this game i can't talk about it enough i'm sure i could go on and on about this for another 10 minutes but i won't I'll spare the listeners, but Cane and Bridge of Spirits is undoubtedly my most anticipated game of 2021. Yeah, definitely a reason to buy a uh, PlayStation console. It, it sucks that it's not just all platforms. It mm. is PlayStation uh, exclusive, but go and buy a PlayStation 4. They're probably on sale and a pl- PlayStation 5. Well, what I'm really excited about, too, is how this will hopefully make use of the DualSense controller. Yeah. And even more so, potentially, the dual audio uh, or the... Um, the 3D audio? 3D, 3D yeah. audio. Yeah, with those headphones. And so we'll see. Ultimately, I can't wait to see more of this game. It's supposed to be coming Q1 of this year, potentially March time frame. But unfortunately, I could also see this game being delayed. It was already delayed once. Uh, I hope it's not delayed fur- further, but if it makes a better Cane Bridge of Spirits, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, Ryan, that's it. Yeah, it is. That is our most anticipated games of 2021. Hopefully, we added a game or two to your list to be looking out for here into the new year, knowing full well that there probably will be a significant number of delays. But even if just a fraction of these games come out this year, we have a whole litany of great video games to play. And even if they don't, Ryan, we have plenty in our backlog to get to. Yeah, we do. And so, yeah, we'll definitely get it on the Discord, people. We always talk about it here in the Discord or on the podcast. We've talked about it multiple times in the episode about conversations that we've been having there. Just click that little link in the show notes. Just do it. Because you know what? There's a lot of great people that want to talk to you, the listener. We always have great conversations in there. And the more, the merrier. So please join us. And if you want to write into the podcast, you can do that too. OtakuBrothersPodcast at gmail.com. If you have a topic of discussion, you want Ryan to talk about something specifically, Shoot us a note. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And if you have a question for us or you want to correct us on something we inevitably got wrong on this show, (laughs) you can also do that too. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Over the next couple of weeks and months, I know Ryan and I have a number of guests we're hoping to have on the show uh, just to get a little third perspective. You know what I'm saying? Get some good friends of the show on here to talk with them about the many, many happenings in the video game world. But that's a wrap. That's an episode. And as I always do at the end of an Otaku Brothers show, I toss it over to my co-host. Ryan, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Yeah, I guess have a good week. If we miss anything or need to add any games to play from our lists, let, let us, us know. know. And I just got a text from Matt saying WandaVision sucks. Oh. So uh, prepare for suckage. <laughs> I heard some pretty good things. But regardless, we will see you next week for another episode of Otaku Brothers. See ya. Thank you.